This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Wow. Okay, here we go. This is seven. And I'm going to say that this one's going to be a little hard. Um, And you'll find out why. Um, I'll tell you at the end. Um this one. Um, So seven, Thunderbolt, January 22nd. Have you heard of Bumble? No? Let me tell you, this dating app is a pressure cooker. Once would you match with a guy, you have 24 hours to make the first move. Everyone who knew anything about dating apps promised me that Bumble was the place to start. It was supposed to be chock full of guys who were looking for more than a hookup. The app supposedly banned naked chest pics. It was supposed to be low on the kind of guys who would send dick pics. Look, I'm not going to lie. I like a nice penis as much as the next girl, but if I don't know you, I don't really want to see yours. Initially, the app didn't disappoint. Right out of the gate, I swiped right and matched with some pretty hot guys. Conversations were smart, funny, and interesting. There was one huge flaw. None of them wanted to meet in person. I don't mind texting, I guess but I have this full-time job, you know, writing romance, a nearly full-time son, and other stuff to do. The last thing I wanted to do was text all day and night. I got on dating apps to meet people in the real world, not to boost my ego via sexy chat. After the first few letdowns, I felt burned out. So when Thunderbolt and I matched, I let it expire. He was super cute, and honestly, I couldn't think of a thing to say to him that would be interesting enough to get a response from him. Ladies, I think I have a much greater appreciation for guys after being on this app because thinking of a good opener is harder than I thought. After my disappointment with Bumble, I signed up for OkCupid and Tinder. Yes, they were known for being hookup apps, but once I was truly honest with myself, I was thinking I could do with a few good hookups until I found someone I wanted to meet more than once. OkCupid had brought me Jumper Boy and Just In Time. I'd been afraid of Tinder. I wasn't sure I could move fast enough for an app where guys wanted to meet you that night. But one lonely, and if I'm honest, horny, night, I was swiping on Tinder and there was Thunderbolt. He was still hella cute. I swiped right, we matched, because he'd already swiped right on me. My takeaway? He'd pick me twice. The universe was telling me something. I did not hesitate the second time around. A few weeks had made me bolder, so I texted him first through the app. Me. I feel like we've done this dance before on a different app. Still think you're amazingly handsome. Thunderbolt, what a lovely thing to say. Me, it's true. If you ever want to meet up, let me know. Thunderbolt, sounds fun working late tonight. He was busy. There was more, but I basically gave him my number, and who knew what I did next? That was a Saturday at 10 o'clock at night. I didn't think much more of it. Then Tuesday night, when I was about to tuck myself into bed at 9.30 because I had a spinning class early the next morning, I got a text. Thunderbolt. Hey, it's me from the wonderful world of Tinder. Me. Oh, hey there. Tinder is either wonderful or truly will end mankind. I'm leaning toward it being a good thing. 
Thunderbolt. Just depends on the day. Maybe both. Working like mad, but could use a break. How about tonight? Meet up? Me. I'm having a debate in my head as I have to get up at the ass crack of dawn tomorrow, and I'm wondering how awake I need to be. Thunderbolt. So why don't I stop by? We can have fun, but be efficient, Jolie. Because I'd been getting into my jammies and considering which book boyfriend I was going to take to bed with me, I hadn't been by my phone for a good 20 minutes. It was, I'd say, about 9.30 by the time I saw the text. And let me say I was surprised. Three days after matching with him, I was about to get what I wanted served straight up. I swear I thought we'd reached the peak of civilization when I learned that I could put my thumb on my phone and get takeout. Now I was putting my thumb on my phone and finding really cute men who wanted to have sex. It was a bit surreal, to say the least. My hands shook. I couldn't think what in the hell to say. Then I typed the text above. Right at that moment, nothing sounded better than efficient fun. Half hour later, there he was at my front door, delivered via Uber. He was even better looking than his pictures. It was like staring straight into the sun. I've always prided myself on being the cool girl when dating. I rarely let my guard down. Instead, I have this persona that makes me into a girl they can't resist. It works well, sometimes too well. The chemistry was immediate and I really didn't have it in me to be the cool girl. Instead, I was the weird girl because one of my biggest fantasies had become reality. I have a couple fantasies that roll around in my head from time to time. One involves a sexy photographer, the other a documentary filmmaker. I shit you not. So when Thunderbolt takes a seat at my kitchen counter, bottle of Malbec in hand, and starts describing the work he needs a break from, I nearly shit my pants. He was about to premiere his first documentary feature film at a festival in a month and a half. And those pants were yoga pants, because after my shower, I couldn't for the life of me figure out what in the hell one wears for a Tinder hookup. Lingerie? I didn't own any, and even if I did, satin and lace was so 1970s soap opera. Nothing? Answering my door wrapped in a bathrobe seemed presumptuous and, well, a lot weird. So I'd settled on some Lululemon black leggings and an old navy t-shirt. This was the winning combo I was wearing while standing in my kitchen, my back to my farmhouse sink, freaking the fuck out. Thunderbolt brandished the bottle of Malbec he'd brought. Wine? I couldn't imagine adding wine to my nervous stomach. No, I shook my head. Sure? I'm very sure. He held up his hands. I'm not an alcoholic, so I'm good. I asked him a bit about the film he was working on. He told me about the film that he was in the final stages of editing that was going on tour on the festival circuit. While I was asking something about film editing, storytelling, or something, he stepped down from the stool and walked around from the dining room side to the kitchen side of my breakfast bar. In seconds, he was standing in front of me. He slipped a hand along my neck. Gotta break the ice, he said. Then he kissed me. It was a good kiss. A kiss that said there was a lot of potential for what was coming next. I offered him a glass of water because I needed one for myself because my throat was closed with nerves. I gave him a glass and somehow he got water all over himself on the floor and most definitely not in the glass. That more than the kiss really broke the ice. I got one of my favorite fire engine red dish towels and mopped up the mess. Then I took his free hand, the one that wasn't holding a glass of ice water, and led him to my bedroom. This is a great apartment, he said as he backed into my bedroom. Amazingly neat. This was not the conversation I wanted to have. But I played along for a moment. Where do you live? Rent control studio not far from here. Like nearly every apartment in West Hollywood of a certain vintage, mine was rent control as well. But I didn't want to talk about stabilization laws. 
so I stopped talking and pulled him closer because I wanted more kissing. When I'd been a teenager in the first throes of heady love, all my college boyfriend and I had done was kiss. It felt like we'd passed hours that way. At 17, I thought that the kind of feelings women had in romance novels I devoured were finally mine. Unfortunately, I married someone who didn't like kissing me. I was determined to make up for lost time. Thunderbolt was no slouch at kissing or touching or any of the elements of foreplay that I'd sorely missed, and he was efficient. In no time, he was fisting himself and ready to enter me. Like drummer boy before him, I had to stop right in the middle. Do you have a condom? It was both a stupid question and not. Obviously, I didn't think he'd pull one out of thin air. No, you? Oh my god! Yes, give me a sec. I opened my bra drawer and dug through, looking for the little pink foil packets. But I had neither contacts nor glasses, and for the life of me, couldn't find them in the sea of black, silk, nylon, and poking underwires. You gotta do this, I'm blind here. I threw that over my shoulder. He had better eyes than me, and pulled the only two condoms from the drawer and tossed them on the nightstand. Then he whispered. Yep, a man who had a full voice only moments before whispered what he wanted during sex. I wanted to ask him to speak up, but I spent most of the time trying to hear what he wanted, me on hands and knees, me on my side, or whatever it was. He paused at some point and held his breath. You're really tight. I like to think of it as a feature, not a flaw, I said. It was a feature that worked for both of us, because in a few minutes we both came. He went to my bathroom to get rid of the condom. I lay on my bed. He came back and lay next to me, still breathing pretty heavily. As Thunderbolt's breathing slowed, I asked the one question I knew I shouldn't, but curiosity got the better of me. Why are you single? I'm waiting for the one, he said. The one? I've had girlfriends, I've even lived with someone for a few years. I'm waiting to meet someone and get hit by a Thunderbolt, so I know that we're meant to be. I may have actually uttered aww out loud. It seemed both naive and quaint and romantic all at the same time. What are you doing in the meantime? I asked. He patted my naked ass. Tinder. And I get massages. The conversation that came after was an education for me. I'd heard of happy endings and so-called jack shacks. Thunderbolt had been to them all. He had a place he loved best in Pasadena. The conversation actually morphed into real massages. He liked to get them weekly to relieve the stress and tension of movie editing and being hunched over a computer for hours a day. You should do them, he said. You need to get loose, baby. Then he was kissing me again and rolling on the second condom. I wanted to pause and tell him that he should tell a girl that he had a 20-minute refractory period. I guess he knew that he'd need both condoms. I'd only bought three when I was thinking about dating, and now I was completely out. I'd have to remedy that. Oh my god, I have a thousand things to say about this, and none, really. Um... Sometimes, like, your fantasies come true. It is, like, the biggest fucking mindfuck ever. Like, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, he, he was exactly my type. Um, like, exactly. Like, I could have cut him out of my teenage fantasies and he appeared at my fucking door with the fucking job that was one of my two fucking fantasies. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I was so freaked out. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It was like fucking like Christmas and your birthday and like the Easter bunny like lands down your door. <laughs> I don't even, like, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know. Um, 
he was lovely and delightful. I have no thing bad to say about Thunderbolt. Absolutely, positively nothing. I adore him. Um, and that's all. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, I don't even... Oh my god. So, no, I'll say this. Um, two things, actually. One is that he was really upfront about being unavailable. Um, it's one of the first things he said. You know, he's looking for Miss Perfect. And there's a book called Attached by an author. I think his name is Amir Levine. And he has this like um, chart in the front of his book where he discusses the things that people say who are commitment, relationship, emotion, uh, avoidant or emotionally unavailable. And um, Thunderbolt, and God knows I'm going to like make an effort not to say his real name, um, because then you can Google him. There are videos of him. I know I may have seen them um, online talking about his, his films because um, it's L.A. and, you know, whatever. So, um, oh, my God. So Thunderbolt um, often said, I mean, he said all the things that you say in this book, like I'm looking for Miss Perfect or whatever. Anybody who's looking for somebody perfect is not looking for a relationship because there's nobody who's perfect. And, you know, learning to accept that um, is one of those growth points in life where you realize that if you're going to meet somebody and settle down or whatever, or have a relationship of any duration, that they're not going to be perfect. And you have to, as Dan Savage would say, round like, you know, 0.67 up to one or whatever he says, like, if somebody has like, you know, 70% of what you want and need, then the other 30, like you put the fuck up with. And actually there's another advice column actually called Ask a Manager um, with, by, it's a blog, um, this woman, Allison Green. And one of the things that she talks about actually in job searches is that, you know, people, when they post a job, they have like 15 things they want. If you can hit like 10 of them, apply for the job because nobody's perfect um and so that's like one of the things that I think I learned um from this I mean he was up front there's no doubt about that um the second thing is that and this was actually something I was thinking about the last couple of weeks um when exercising I kind of go into little exercise binges when I can't deal with my emotions and um I've been in one of those, but we'll find out why much, much later in this um, book. And um, what do I want to say about Thunderbolt? Oh, he talked about the happy ending massage. So before I um, um, before I met him, I don't think I had met anyone who, like in person, who had openly admitted to seeking out sex workers for, well, what sex workers do, which is provide pleasure. So, I mean, I've heard of like happy ending massages or jack shacks or whatever. Of course they exist. I mean, you know, but I don't think like, I don't, that I thought they really existed. Like, and I think I asked him when he was like in my bed that night, like, how did you find them? I don't think he said the answer was Google, but maybe the answer had been Google. All I can say was like, I was pretty astounded. Um, not astounded. I don't know what the word is. Like people say things and sometimes they're just surprising. 
and him talking about like his like happy ending massages and his favorite place in Pasadena was something else. I think he said he would go to Pasadena, go get his like happy ending massage and then go like eat tacos or whatever. There was some restaurant he liked to go to um, that was near this place, which presumably during COVID got closed. But what do I know? Um, a lot of people are operating all sorts of businesses in the LA area illegally. I'm not even gonna get into that. It's interesting to, there's a whole like black market subculture, you know, whatever. Nancy Pelosi's not the only person who's like in a closed shop getting their hair done. So um, it's, uh, it was interesting. I don't know, it was interesting. So I guess one of the things I've really been thinking about is what to make of a man who sees sex workers. So I'm this really like non-judgmental open person. This is how I perceive myself. Um, you can have your own thoughts. And I really have no feelings about sex work. It's a job. It's not a job I would do, but I also would not be a kindergarten teacher. Um, it's a job. Women, a lot of women do it. Men do it. Um, I think they should get paid. I think it seems like a hard job. I think it should probably be legalized in this country. But other than that, like I have no thoughts about sex workers. But also having no thoughts about sex workers, I never thought about the customers or that I would meet them or that I would have sex with them. And it's something that comes up later in this, actually not in this book, but I may mention it later, um, that I hadn't thought of and what to make of people who see sex workers. I've been thinking about it for two weeks. I have no answers, no thoughts, no response on the whole thing. So that was that, and that was Thunderbolt. I adore him. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at XO Jolie Moore, and on all social media at the same handle, XO Jolie Moore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.